guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. And today is episode number 10, The Broken American School System. <sighs> you know what? The school system was created 500 years ago, okay? When was Harvard incepted? What are we talking about? 14, 16 something? About 1630 something. The same bullshit system Harvard's been following. Okay, they made a couple of changes to the medical. Okay, we could do this and we could do that now, but it's the same motherfucking concept. See, schools believe in homes with no foundation. See, schools, the dirt floors are still the rage. So you get these kids graduating from school with virtually no financial foundation. See, you know what? One day, they're going to be sleeping in suburbia. That's right. But sleeping in suburbia, but in deep debt. Living the American dream. Now, I remember the American dream. That was the 70s when a lot of Vietnamese, they were migrating, well, emigrating after the war and whatnot. That's the American dream. To leave a completely destroyed country and all thanks to the American United States killer army and going all the way to America on a very dangerous voyage such as the ones that the West Africans my ancestors did uh you know going from West Africa into the Caribbean and into the Puerto Rico's and of course that's where my mother ended up being born well no my grandma then before that and then before that before that before that you guys get the point ah <sighs> They decide to then answer that question. You know, the problem being a deep in debt out there in suburbia, sleepless at night, by trying to figure out a way how to get rich quick. So then the construction on the skyscraper begins. See, it goes up quickly, and soon, instead of the Empire State Building, they basically have a leaning tower of suburbia. The sleepless nights, they resume. And what do I mean by that? A lot of you are like, wait, the Empire State Building, yeah, there's a lot of foundation. Yeah, if you think about all the hedge fund guys, all the motherfuckers out there, we talk about the Warren Buffets. Yeah, those are the motherfuckers with the Empire State Building, got it? However, the people with the Leaning Tower of Suburbia, that is the rest of us that were fucked in the 2008 financial crisis, right? Because we're not, we're unsure of where to put everything, and that's what we're going to be talking about in the next podcast. But today, it's all about having a strong financial foundation. See, accounting is possibly the most confusing born subject in the world. But if you want to be rich long term, it could be the most important subject. And so for Rich Dad at that time, he said the question was how to take a boring and confusing subject and teach it to kids. And so he did it by creating pictures. See, his Rich Dad, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad at that time, he poured a strong financial foundation within his friend Mike and him at the time, right? And so, of course, figured out a creative way to teach them. For years, he only drew pictures and used few words. And that was very, very easy for these kids to understand, right? The simple jar, you know, the simple drawings, the movement of money, stay away from the bullshit jargon. You know, there was a quote in there that said, rich people acquire assets. The poor and middle class acquire liabilities. And they think that they are assets. Remember I told you. Guys, 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 guys. Come on. What was it that was happening around 2002, 3, 4, 5 in America? You had these strippers, okay, in the movie The Big Short. They were buying all these condominiums and things that they thought that were assets. And they were buying them at such 
a rate they were like, oh my god, I bought it at such a good rate and this and that. Next thing you know, all of that value went away. All of it. People who were paying rent, the owners had to pay the mortgage. And if the owners weren't paying the mortgage, they're fucked no matter what. So then you're giving this guy free money, free money, free money. That's what I'm a little bit scared about living in a condominium. You know, there was a time, you know, being here, there was a time probably about five years ago, one of my friends, I completely forgot her name, but uh, she had a crush on me. I wasn't digging her. Uh, but, you know, she told me, she said, um, I need help. And I'm like, oh, I ain't got no money. So <laughs> I am not an ATM. She's like, well, I live in Nantaburi. Okay, this is a place just just right outside. Uh, you, you can see it anywhere, okay? You could actually take the train there. It's connected to Bangkok. Let's just put it that way. It's like, you know, being in Phoenix and having Mesa and Scottsdale and stuff around like that, right? Being in Vegas and having Summerlin next door. Being in Los Angeles and having Inglewood next door. That's the same shit. So she was living there, and she said she got a notice from the bank, and it said, hey, you have one day to pay, or we are kicking you out of this condominium. We're repossessing it. You said, What? So she had to contact the owner and say, hey, fucker, I've been paying you how much for every month and you're not paying a goddamn thing? See, that's the problem with owners. You got to make sure. See, I'm lucky. When I came here into this condominium because, of course, I'm I'm just written out from the owner because I cannot buy a unit from the bank, right? I mean, I could, but I would never invest into this country until they start accepting black people as human beings. Not only that, but you're going to have to get a an entire new government that actually, you know, really is accepting of foreigners. And honestly, this is the archaics. This is like this is this is Spartacus. That will never happen, so that's why I will be invested in Vietnam. So nonetheless, let's let's, let's stay on topic here. When I first came in here, sat on that couch, I had the lesser, I had the lady, you know, taking the pictures, and I had the owner right there. And I was like, hey, you know, we were just getting to know him. He's a really, really nice guy, you know. And you know what? You know what's so good about Thailand? The gay people? They're so nice. I love them. They're so nice. They're, they're the friendliest out of all people in Thailand. Colored, greed, preference, doesn't matter. Gay people are the nicest. And I'm very lucky because, again, having an owner... Who's like that and not having an owner that, you know, goes parties and looks a little suspicious. Hey, it's good. He had two units. He's like, oh, I don't live here. I live in Hot Yai, though. I realized how great he was as an individual when I remember I had to go to the government house. And I was like, hey, you know what? I need these documents. He's like, dude, I'm going to send them to you right now. He faxed everything over to me. I said, oh, my God, you are amazing. I don't think I've gotten that help. It probably last time I got a help like like help like that was eight years ago when I had a Colombian friend in Sydney who said, don't go back home to America. Come over here. You can stay on my couch until you get back on your feet. See, I've never had a friend ever help me like that before in my life. And what the owner did here, he did that. He has two units here. He has one just above me. Well, I wouldn't say the ninth floor. It's probably like on the 17th or 18th floor. But the point that I'm trying to make is, I'm like, dude, he's got two units, so he's got to be loaded. But not only that, I'm just like, okay, I'm paying them month by month by month. And, you know, I start seeing these invoices pop up, but the invoices are paid. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, this is paid. And I remember I got another invoice, and it says something about the cut. I don't know what it was, but let's just say it's like $500. And I took a picture. I said, hey, man, you got this in the mail. He's like, okay, I'll pay it. Within a week, I got it in my mailbox paid. I said, see, there you go. See, now I know that is a man of money. That is a man of character. And I am unbelievable. This is probably one of the luckiest moments in my life, living in a place where I know I am taken care of at all times. Not only that, the owners right here in the lesser, who, who's this guy, Mr. Sadud, who gave me the place to begin with, most fucking amazing guy on the planet. He's so fucking cool. 
you know, I even told him about the time where I thought there was some paranormal activity. <laughs> and he was like, okay, hold on. Okay. And he said, before that, there was nothing. And I said, have you heard anything else from any other tenants? He said, no. I said, okay, maybe I was just tripping that night. And sure enough, thank God I was just tripping. But I just thought there was some weird shit going on here. But he was so understanding, you know. I said, hey, man, I ain't trying to bust your bubble and everything. But shit keeps getting crazy around here. And if I wake up and my window's wide open, we got a fucking problem. All right? He's like, is that you? Did you get a little TV in your room? I was like, I don't want to go too far. But luckily, that was just all a false alarm. But <sighs> nonetheless, guys. Can I get back to the story? Being out here in Thailand, I'm looking at all these cars. See, I'm very lucky because right now is the New Year's holiday, New Year holidays. So there are no people in this town. As empty as it was yesterday, I was like, this is how it should be in this country. Not that many people should have cars because cars are an extreme liability. Let me give you guys an example. A car per month, it's just like America with the assurance that it's about $400. Most Thai people make $500 a fucking month. Where are you living? In a fucking hut? So you're already coming out of pocket. Credit cards and everything. The lady that I'm actually close to, she hooked me up with some real big banking gigs last year. Um, she had five credit cards at one time four years ago. Now she just has one. Luckily, she married a guy that I used to work with. I'm so happy for them. It's crazy. I'm just so proud of them. Uh, a, a very odd couple. But, you know, that she got married with them and everything. And, you know, she's got her head back on, right? She got out of debt. The motherfucking ex from before paid her all that money back, all that good stuff. But you can get in debt by other people also. She had a car, and I'm like, what the fuck you got a car for, man? I remember I met one girl. She's making $560 a month. $560 US dollars a month. She's like, I want to get a car. I said, listen, you live right next to your job. Why do you need a car? You see that type of mentality. People who think they're acquiring assets but they're actually liabilities. See, this car, what is it, 4.6% last year on the total. It went down significantly. Those cars are pumping all that pollution straight into this country, into this goddamn city. Of course, over the New Year's holidays, man, we're at like 50, you know, I'm still wearing my mask outside. I always wear masks near these dirty-ass buses and these dirty-ass motorbikes, no matter what. But in saying that, not only is it a liability, but it's actually killing the majority of the people in the city. Me, I'm smart. I can give a fuck what people say. I got myself a purple mask. I got myself a pink mask. I'm protected. The moment I take that off, I smell fucking fire. I smell shit burning. And I smell sewage. And you're like, God damn, Arsene, where the fuck are you living? <laughs> it feels like I'm living in India. No offense to my Indians. So, guys. Having a condo like this, it could be a huge asset. But then the bubble is going to burst in this country, and it's on the verge. See, this 2020, this is when the ultimate crisis begins because the lab labor market, everything is beginning to fall apart right now. And so I'm going to give you one very good example. One of my students, he's trying to get into the government as a job. Really cool guy. Love him. He, uh, he went through a lot of hardships, man. He is very motivated. He is just a phenomenal student. Of course, going to Tomasat. Uh, which is one of the main universities out here. These students are so unbelievably forward-thinking, and they're just so awe-inspiring in general. But he's like, listen, my father, he had bought some land a long time ago. Then these jobs wanted to, you know, not these jobs, but some places. They wanted some goddamn, some restaurants. A train track went up. They wanted to start building on his property. He said, okay, you can, but you got to pay me a monthly dose. And that is less, and that is less out for the next 40 years. 
So for every month, he's probably making, I don't know, 5000 and 10000 US dollars. See, that's a fucking asset beyond belief. A lot of you are like, ah, damn, I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, guys, think about it right now. For all my Thai people right now, there's a mass transit system going up right now. I was talking to a financial advisor who used to be one of my students, fucking amazing guy at one of the big banks here, BBL, Bangkok Bank. And he's like, Arsenio, man, uh, the bank, we actually just bought a branch out uh, right next to one of the stations, the yellow line. I said, that's not going to be up for four years, right? He said, yeah, but you know what? In four years, that land's going to go up by about five times. I said, whoa. People are purchasing condos. Now, the thing is, I think the bubble is going to burst. I think everything within these condos, the prices will drop maybe anywhere between 20 to even 70% because job wages, wages aren't going to increase. Nothing's going to increase. There's going to be economic collapse. They're going to be... um. Lots of employees losing their jobs, and they're going to have to go back to their the upcountry. So again, guys, I'm just giving you some financial advice. I'm giving you some information and things that I've seen with my own eyes. But let's get back into this. <sighs> After those pictures, Robert Kiyosaki started learning about money. His rich dad started adding numbers. So again, today, like today, Mike has gone on to master the most complex, sophisticated accounting analysis ever in order to run his empire that he has. And of course, Robert Kiyosaki is not that sophisticated. He just has a simple foundation. But nonetheless, through basic drawings, that helped guide two little boys into building great sums of wealth on a solid and deep foundation. So think about it. You don't have to necessarily – you're not going to learn this in school because governments shut down schools from teaching about money. We are taught to be like robots, and then when the robots do take our jobs, that's when poverty increases and goes from – the unemployment will go from 5% to about like 30%, and then it's pure fucking anarchy, especially in impoverished nations. But nonetheless, what I'm trying to tell you guys is – in the next podcast, we're going to learn about this little by little. Money. We're talking about the squares, the pictures, the everything. I'm going to break it down for you. So you don't have to go anywhere else. Now, I'm going to break it down for you because this is absolutely important for everybody. Again, guys, the American dream, the school system, they only teach us. They teach us. They don't teach us how to build a foundation. You leave university without a foundation. You go into it without a foundation. And so when you go into it without a foundation, that ultimately makes you vulnerable. When it makes you vulnerable, you start making ridiculous-ass decisions in terms of taking out student loans. I've been there. And then you're in debt. And guess what? I know people who went to dental school. They went here. They went there. They are in debt forever. I know these motherfucking students, white boys. No offense. I'm just trying to you know, paint the picture. But about 10 years ago, wow, it's a fucking decade ago already. I used to work at... UNLV, University of Nevada, Los Bitches. Uh, yeah, th that universe is just garbage. But I used to extern for a lot of those students. And the majority of them were complete assholes. Um, but a lot of them took out substantial loans. And they went on to buy cars. And they went on to buy this. And then by the time they went into dental school, they were – or they opened up their own business. It ended up getting shut down because you haven't – see, because they opened up a business thinking, yeah, I'm just going to get a lot of clients. I'm going to get a lot of people. no. Guys, back in 2010, people didn't know how to advertise, you know, dental clinics or anything. They didn't know how to get walk-ins. They didn't know how to do this or do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing, absolutely amazing to see what has happened 
over the last 10 years because here you got a guy graduated from dental school to open up a business just two years after the great, you know, the great financial crisis, not knowing how to market, not knowing what his clients are going to do this and do that. Three months later, he can't pay the overhead. He loses everything. See, dental school didn't equip him with financial education, nor did his parents who actually got him into the school to begin with. Of course, they don't come from a poor background. A lot of these folks come from middle and upper class backgrounds, but they still cannot cover the overhead. Pretty fucking amazing, huh? So guys, it's time to start learning, and that's what we're going to be doing in the next podcast. So guys, stay tuned for more. I'm your host, as always, over and out.